Welcome back, listeners, to episode 78 of the BDU podcast. We have an absolute banger today, but before we dive into the juice, uh, the Optus outing, I didn't think I was going to make it. My heart was, you know, it was pounding. I was sitting there, I had the absolute best podcast of the year lined up, and here it was, pretty much getting taken right from with, right from under me. Any of you boys get affected? Yeah. Dramas today, mate. Absolute dramas. I was actually, like, I was super confused because I woke up and I was like, oh, that's weird. I've got, like, no service. Like, I'm at Gemma's house in the freaking suburbs. But then also, like, I had Wi-Fi, but it wasn't working. And, her like, her Wi-Fi is through Optus. So I was like, this is just absolutely ludicrous. And then I just couldn't figure out what was going on. And then there was a lady standing outside of the gym who couldn't get her phone to let her in. And I was like, is your, like, service out? And she's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, me too. Are you with Optus? She's like, yeah, I am. I was like, oh, okay. That's super rogue. Um, Mate, look, all I can say is big internet. They don't want BDU to succeed. They see the numbers we're bringing in. They see the money we're bringing in and they're scared. So just know, you know, big internet, we see you. Mm. Where's this money at? I've not seen this. Oh, you know. (laughs) Wait, you didn't transfer it? Oh. Yeah, it was, it was super surprising, exactly like what you said, Lawrence. You wake up in the morning, and normally I wake up to a fair few messages, and you're sitting there, and you got no messages and no emails, and I'm like, what the fuck's happened today? Is everything all right? And, then, you know, you roll into gym, everyone's sitting there, no phones are out, hardly any music's playing, and you go, yeah, all right, something's wrong. And then Matt walks up to me at 8 o'clock in the morning, like, since when am I there at 8 o'clock in the morning? I'll give you the answer. It's when there's no internet. So I'm there at eight, eight o'clock and it was a good three and a half hour workout. You know, I wasn't leaving there until that phone internet came on. Uh, so it was a tremendous workout. Did you have no, fun with your, uh, your sticks and, and your rocks? That's what it kind of feels like, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. I'm like, oh, what the fuck do I do? I'm like, well, I won't waste time. I was like, I'll move the schedule around, get that workout in early and then come back and hopefully everything was on, which uh, yeah, it was, but. Yeah, no macro factor today. So it was all pencil and paper for adding the macros. Aura Ring app was down. So I've been, I've got an abacus that I'm counting my steps on today. It's It's been brutal, bro. Yeah. It was funny you say that because I was waiting for the moment I was getting a message from someone and be like, hey, like, you know, I've actually gone off track. I've intuitively eaten today because I couldn't track my food. I was, I was just waiting for a message like that to come through, but it hasn't come through yet. So. Mm. Yeah. Uh, unless, uh, well, excluding the one I sent you saying that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, man, I'm going to eat at Hunger Cues today. I should, <laughs> should be fine. <laughs> Message Joe next day. All right, so I've spilled and I've spilled real bad. <laughs> and, I, and I'm needing. <laughs> Those Hunger Cues were playing tricks on me, bro. Yeah, it's like DY is not coming to America because I'm going to need a second seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been kicked off oh shit <laughs> no carbs the entire flight alright let's get into it IFBB Mr. Olympia what a weekend there was a lot of big up like I guess upsets a lot of changes in terms of Mr. Olympia I must say like the actual open Mr. Olympia like originally like years ago like how often would you see the Mr. Olympia winners like exchange like it was like almost like five eight years in a row that they would win the Mr. Olympia title and now what is it like over the past five years there's been three to four winners which is you know somewhat crazy to see it that close that's exchanging hands that often one mm-hmm. thing I noticed I think- was that even like Brandon Curry like you know going from like a Mr. Olympia winner to then like what was it fifth place which was, you know, that's a fair, that's a was fair job. Yeah, fourth or fifth. Yeah, fourth or he, fifth. Well, I think he may have got fifth last year, mm. or 
And then did he get fourth this year? I think it was yeah. fourth. Yeah, yeah. Think, that's right. Because yeah. Hunter Hunter was out of the five. Because what was the top five? Obviously, Derek won, Hardy second, Samson third, Brandon. And did Andrew Jacks get fifth? Yeah, Andrew Yes, he did. Fifth. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, that man, that's tough for Hunter because he's been knocking on the door of that, like, kind of next tier. And now it's like, I don't know, man. It was kind of like Ian Valier. Like, he was sort of right there, sixth, seventh. And then, you know, you have a fallback year where you fall back to like eight or ninth. And then you go, you really have enough smoke to keep up with these guys. And that's with no Nick Walker in the lineup mm. as well. So, yeah, I think he, he would have probably been third or fourth, I reckon, Nick Walker. I, I reckon, yeah, he really would. I think he would have pushed Samson because, man, like he was looking diced to yeah. the socks, mm. Walker was. And even like some of the pictures he's put up like post-show. Like I, I sent you guys a video today because I've been watching him on some of the YouTube like I'll like I really like Brett Wilkin and you know he's open IFBB pro like he's absolutely enormous and you'll be like watch Brett on a machine and then Nick will jump on the same machine and like engulf it like Nick <laughs> literally makes Brett look like it's me standing there you know what I mean like it's it's actually mind-boggling how big he is like you just look at him and he's like lying on this like lying leg curl machine and it looks like he swallowed it i'm like bro <laughs> how is this guy a human like it's insane yeah you know you're big when you're doing hack squats and you're pretty much half repping it just because there is no more range of motion like the hamstring and calf are like they're, they're touching it's like you really yeah. can't get any lower and that's how big you are and it's like oh i was gonna say dy like and i'd be interested to hear what you boys thought but one thing that i was probably most taken aback by in the open was just how well-conditioned kind of everyone was. Like I watched all of the pre-judging and pretty much all of the finals and there wasn't anyone that came out where I was like, oh, this guy looks like pretty ordinary. Like even the dudes who were on the back end were still in really good nick. And I just thought like the conditioning standards across the board were great. And I think what you were saying there, DY, of like there's been a lot of chopping and changing over the past like five or six years. I think that's more so a testament to just how special those bodybuilders were that went on those dynasty runs. Because when you really nail it down, it's like, okay, Ronnie, Phil, Jay, you know, Lee Haney, like those are the dudes, uh, Dorian, I guess, to a certain degree, like those are the dudes that had like proper big runs. And that's only like five guys or five or six guys out of the 18 Mr. Olympias that they've been. So I think that is just more so a testament to you know, it's pretty rare that you have someone who can stay at the top for that long. However, you know, I think this next crop of guys, like, I think it really is going to be the Derek Lunsford, Nick Walker and Samson Dowder show for the foreseeable future. Like, I think the better part of the next decade. Mm, I think, well, the only the only ones that are holding it down in terms of what consecutive wins is obviously Chris, Chris Bumstead and also the the woman that, that wins the, the wellness. So I think she's won Cindy, a few Cindy times in a row now, but seven years in a row for Cindy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But one thing I reckon because of like what you said, Lawrence, where they all are coming in so conditioned and even that is very prominent within the classic division is I think the actual qualifying process. Now you can't qualify off points where maybe originally you had guys that were sitting in third, fourth that maybe some of these shows that were a little lackluster and they accumulated the points over like five, 10 shows. You can't do that no more. 
like to win a pro show is fucking hard. So just getting to the Olympia now just by itself is already extremely hard process, a lot harder than what it was. And I think that kind of cuts out a lot of, let's say the shit that you might've had on the Olympia stage where they'll sit in like in those back end of the placings where they really probably weren't up to scratch where now, you know, someone comes in off, someone comes in really, really good and they can maybe be up three to four, five placings. And as you can even see in like the, the top like five like you know there's a lot of chop and change over the past like let's say like four to five years there mm, absolutely what do you guys think of um keown and uh and sean mm. two yeah, one two a lot of people had sean in uh in first i think that i spoke mm. to i had him in first as well i think just goes to show that they they chose shape which mm. totally makes sense um I gotta say it. His his front double bicep that that vacuum yeah. is just next level, right? I think it's been a long time coming for Keon. Like you know, when you looked at his genetics, I remember seeing a photo of him supposedly natural about five years ago, and you could look at him and you'd be like, "This motherfucker is like he's something else." Like you look at the just the genetics on him, just like the muscle bellies and stuff like that. He just needed a coach that was you know good and willing to take him there and like you know he came in and the amount of improvements that he's made over what like the past two years is like absolutely astronomical mm. as well so like yeah so much progress like he's been putting in the work but not only that he's got the top tier genetics and a good coach behind him mm. um that's, mm. yeah because i think he started was... obviously in classic classic physique right mm. and like just his shape has always been incredible and it does have quite a classic look obviously in terms of that incredible vacuum but um you know, obviously this kind of just solidifies how much he fits into that two one two category and can still hit that that beautiful vacuum from that front shot. So I um yeah, I, I same thing. I looked at him and I'm like, it's only a matter of time before he comes in with the right the right degree of mass and and also nails that conditioning and and the judges choose that on the day. Hmm. I yeah. think that like for me at the Mr. Olympia, I've spoken about this before where it's almost like you need to do a lot to dethrone the champ. And for me, like across a lot of the divisions, you know, I thought, okay, you know, Dino had improved, didn't, but like, I mean, I, I still think it was pretty lights out with Chris, to be honest. But then when I was looking at the open and the 212, I thought, okay, these guys are good and I can see it going their way, but I don't think they've done quite enough to dethrone the current Mr. O. And for as much as I wanted Derek to win the open, which he did, I thought they were still going to give it to Hardy, to be honest, because Hardy looked absolutely insane. Um, and that's what I was thinking about the 212. Like I personally thought that Sean's conditioning and just his density across every single shot was just absolutely mind blowing. But yeah, I guess it does go to show that they just thought that the shape um, and the muscularity from, from Keon was too much, but it is also nice to see that Keon did nail it. Like he was sort of turning into one of those guys where, you know, five weeks out, you think, how is anyone going to beat this guy? It was kind of like the story with Rami for so many years you know, you'd see pictures of Rami coming into it and you'd go, this dude is unbeatable. And then he would always place like back end of the top 10, just could never nail the conditioning. And I think, you know, whatever him and Patrick did this time around, like it was, it was pretty spot on because he did look very, very good. And at least if Sean is going to, you know, not win, you would rather it be to a guy like that who's at his all-time best. Yeah, the unspoken thing as well across all of this, anyone who's commenting on social media is that, how many people are actually there in person? Like none of us were there in person and we know how important that is in, in bodybuilding. So we're kind of commenting on the sidelines, which there's nothing wrong yeah, with but, that. 
And then you'll have like one dude, like you weren't there in person, bro. It's like, mate, I saw your social media. You were in like row 58 and these people were like this big in front of you. So don't talk to me about that. Oh, I was there in person. Like, no, like, let's be honest. Like the judge's table is where you're going to get the best idea. Or if you're seeing these dudes backstage. So I do agree with you, Jack, but yeah, don't come to me unless you were like 10 rows back or less. Mm. I feel like it's fair to have like your obviously your own opinion, but yeah, you're so right. Ultimately, it's 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 the guys and girls down the front that are judging, that are going to make those calls and those shots. Like I I looked at for example Dino and uh, and Chris, and obviously Dino made some incredible improvements to his physique over the last year. Like it's night and day. I looked at some comparisons between the two, and I think he had etched up like his place in in you know sitting into second, but really just kind of solidified that even more so. And the gap between Ramon and like Urs, I think was even larger this this year as opposed to the previous the previous. And I truthfully, I really liked you know shape. I mean, I'm almost at that point of saying I prefer it over Chris's actually. Mm. But um, Wrong. whether it's yeah. whether it's adequate, whether it's enough to dethrone him, you know, obviously obviously not. But I do think that I looked at his photos. And I'm like, man, that's that's close. I looked a lot more close. And then. You know, Joey, I was chatting with Joey and he messaged me through and he's like, hey, I've, you know, I saw this in, in, in person and I was, you know, close up towards the, the front and it's night and day. There's just no chance that he was touching him. So that's that's just an example of how even, you know, how photos are portrayed online can make someone potentially look better and where they're actually standing next next to each other and you see it in the flesh, it might be a completely different story. Yeah, I completely agree with what you mean by like separating himself from like Urs, like he he made monumental improvements to like push Chris like how he probably did like they did multiple like you know comparison rounds in terms of like how close it would have been and I'm same as you DC I probably somewhat prefer his physique nearly over Chris's to the point where I think Chris just for like classic physique he's on the fucking cusp like he is so big I reckon you could put nearly Chris in an open bodybuilding lineup at any other pro show and he could be very well on his way to nearly winning a pro show at an open bodybuilding show that's how big I think Chris is. And I think that's kind of blurring the line considering that the difference between open bodybuilding and classic should be damn big. Like when you look at open bodybuilding now to what classic should have been, it's like you shouldn't be able to have a classic competitor that could probably nearly win an opens bodybuilding lineup um, just by how big he actually is. But maybe it could be a little bit different in person. I really do think he's pushing the upper echelon of the weight class a lot just by how he looks in that weight. Mm, um, absolutely. Speaking on on Urs though, what a top dude, eh? Like I, I watch him on on YouTube, and he's just such a a funny lad. But considering he is what he's like twenty four, something like that, twenty three, twenty four, like he's a young boy, and obviously Where are you at Lawrence, the you know yeah. Well, <laughs> how come you're how come you're not that size, Lawrence? What's going on, man? <laughs> I need I need to move to Germany, mate. We got a camp with Urs and just see mm. what happens. He must Get have a bit started of that miracle with those, you know, bear career team. Yeah, 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 yeah. He must have started with those length and partials just a little bit earlier in his career than you, right? It's got to be the difference. Well, even the natty Germans, they're oh, off tap mate. as well. Yeah, that, that's I don't know what they're cooking point, up bro. in. I don't know what they're cooking that up in Germany. Twenty-one-year-old. Yeah. Far out, man. Yeah. There is some something in the water in in Europe at the moment, man. Like there's some of the dudes coming out of there. It's just a joke. I'll tell you what, though. Urs comes in fucking peeled like i reckon like he was probably the most conditioned like that man is sharp like absolutely everywhere but man that that lad adds on another what like probably five kilos of muscle like you know to be able to compare and push up on the upper levels of that high class i think he's like 
going to be extremely hard to beat. Mm, Dude, definitely. Even Breon looked good, man. Like, I mean, Breon kind of annoys me because he always talks a big game and he's like, come on, man. Like, we know you're not going to win. Like, give it a rest. But, man, the pictures that he put up, he looked very, very good. Like, mm. I think that's probably the best Breon we've seen. But the fact that that still gets him a fourth place probably just speaks to how far the division has come. Mm. And I think it's maybe, yeah, Breon's a tough one because he's like, he's kind of in between divisions, isn't he? Like, probably not quite big enough to push it to 212, but just kind of gets lost in classic because he is a little bit more blocky. But mm. man, I, I thought he looked fantastic. I'd probably I probably thought that his goal Breon... was to move up, wasn't it? I mean, it was they increased yeah. the weight cap until they increased yeah, yeah. the weight cap. Yeah, I think I when you're that short as well, it's it's hard to look classic when you've got someone who's so much taller than you. Yeah, for sure. I must say he's probably one of the most complete. When you look at Breon, there's probably not really a weak muscle group on him. Like his legs are always like inside out peeled. He's always in condition. He always looks really good. It's just like he doesn't really have that classic shape. It's like like what you were saying, Lawrence. Like, you know, it's kind of like He's like stuck in between that 212 where it's like his waist realistically isn't enough to compare to like Urs, Raymond's um, and yeah. I think so. one of my all-time favorite physiques is rough. Like his, his oh, yeah. physique is phenomenal and his posing is just, I don't think anyone matches that, 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 that degree of finesse uh, and, and flow and that kind of flow state that he achieves on that stage is, is immense. Mm. Unfortunately, he's just not, not big enough. Right. I mean, that's, I guess that really what it, what it comes down to. Yeah, because what is he on stage? He's like in the 170s poundage, eh? Yeah. I think the, so I, he put I think up he a, a comparison. Yeah, he did. He did a post basically just saying these were the differences in, in my weight. But I think he was uh, 187, somewhere around there. Yeah. At the okay. Olympia. Yeah, 187 pounds, yeah. Yeah, which would be probably like a solid, like what, 5 to 10 kilos probably under his weight cap. So there's definitely a decent bit of growing to be done there. Because yeah, couldn't like with his shape, I couldn't believe how much bigger Chris was, man. Like in his mm. upper, like when yeah. he came out, I was like, "What the hell happened?" Like he just looked so much bigger. And then like Jack, you sent that picture through to our chat with like him standing next to like Derek and yeah. Arnie, and he just looks like, oh my, he's. I couldn't believe how much size he packed on, man. Must be must be the five guys. Hundred yeah, percent, bro. What, what was it the five guys bigger than five? fries for five, five titles. titles yeah there we go well it's good lawrence because we'll be able to do that loading technique for when we're over in america as well so 100 bro buckle up go we get a tick of approval right yeah i'm just waiting for joey to look at me on that that fry now and go all right mate dirty dirty uh dirty load <laughs> we can't fill you out we're gonna have to go for the the five guys get in the car no I'm amount of carbs it. is gonna fill him out so there's only one it's just too flat. It's a cheap it's a cheap meal it's the only yeah. way we're going to get it in full. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Quick, let's go to some some dodgy dirt burger joint. Let's get a 16-year-old to serve us this meal that they've sneezed on. Yeah. Even though we've been prepping for six months and you've, you know, in Harney's case, you've paid me 20 grand to do this. Go have a burger, lad. <laughs> for reference, I paid Joey 20 grand each prep as well. Certainly <laughs> fair. Damn, you're on that discount. Charge yeah, straight way up. More. That's my off-season rate. What What about the uh, Ryan Terry physique win? Well-deserved, hey. Very yeah. well-deserved. One of the OGs, like one of the sort of old guards. Mm. Good to see him get rewarded. Because he always had that like just a different men's physique look. Like he was never like the super round, bubbly, 
sort of men's physique look. It was always more sharp, um, always in good condition. But mm. I was I was really happy for him because he's been like a, you know, one of the trailblazers of the division where he sort of brought it into the mainstream and um, always just seemed like a super nice guy as well. Like I remember seeing him in some of Seabum's videos back in the day, like with Gymshark. And yeah, he always just seemed like a really nice human being. So yeah, really good. Yeah, absolute phenomenal physique. I think one thing that really edged him over the top though was the change to the board shorts, how they brought it up. He was the only one out of Eric and Brandon that pretty much had tapered board shorts and had really nice quads. Mm. So like now that they're actually, yeah. yeah, now that they're actually judging that like, what is it, two inches from the knee of the actual quad, he was the only one that truly filled out the board shorts about, apart from like Brendrick, uh, Jeremy Bendia, mm. like, which was like good. And not only that, he changed his front pose. He did the double 100%. hand on the hip for the Ryan Terry. pose, man. Mm. Always, uh, I like the, the WMBF, the Korean pose. All the Koreans always do the double hand on the hip and it looks sharp whenever I see them do it. Um, mm. Yeah. I've got to say it's it, when, when the angle of your forearm matches the flare of your lat and it's just mm. like perfectly symmetrical yeah. like that, man, it's a very, very strong front pose. Yeah. And he pretty much didn't deviate much from that at all. Hey, Walk straight out onto the stage, hit that front pose, stood directly front on to the crowd and just basically, hey, here's my tiny waist. I'm not even needing to point my hips to make it look smaller. I'm just yeah. so I'm just so large through the upper. My 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 waist looks so small. Super, super impressive. He did But I must say with that pose is extremely like genetic dependent. Like if you have asymmetries at all in your physique, you realistically can't pull off like the double hands on the hip because it's just exposed so much more than you know what the twisting might. You know, you might have something that might be a little bit more off. You can twist into the pose and get away with it with like what the, the pose that Ryan Terry does with the double hand on the hip, you realistically need to have like top tier genetics from like pretty much the waist upwards in mm. terms of just like no asymmetries, nice round muscle bellies and a super tight core. Cause otherwise anyone does it, they look like a fucking mobile fridge. It's like that uh, pose symmetry in the, like some guys do it in, in men's bodybuilding where it's kind of like an ab and, kind of like somewhere between abs and thighs and like a most muscular display. We actually like mm -hmm. put your hands behind your back. Like yeah. nine out of 10 bodybuilders will just look small and stupid doing it. But then you see like those couple of guys that can pull it off. And if they're in wicked condition, it just looks absolutely absurd. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. But, yeah. Your arms have to be massive otherwise. Cause you're putting them behind your body. Ginormous. Yeah. Yeah. One was uh, Jeremy. D did you expect him not being in the first call out? Jeremy Bendia? I I feel like I expected it. I feel like the the men's the men's physique lineup is so competitive, and mm. oh, you know, obviously taking a few years away. I think it was what, away for about five years or so. Mm. Um, I mean, in five years, not to say he hasn't made improvements because surely he looked incredible, but five years ago men's physique versus five years now like it's it's a completely different category mm -hmm. right the guys are so impressive yeah i think it also makes it hard like tearing your pec and what was it your rhomboid as well it's like especially when they're so visible like you actually had to get surgery on both of them so it's like you know your symmetry from your front and your back shot are thrown off so it's one of those ones that I realistically don't think you could probably cop. And as much as I would probably like to see him come back and, you know, take the rain at some point, I think it's very hard when you've had surgery at that level um, at a Mr. Olympia title to have such like asymmetries within the physique. But 
Yeah. I think even I also... comparing the midsection between him and Ryan, like his midsection just looks washed out compared to Ryan's, even the top five. Yeah. I Apparently, when he hit the pre-judging, he was like hard off, which I do agree with. I think in finals, he looked way better than what he did in pre-judging. But it's like, if you come and shit at pre-judging, and you don't make the first call outs in the first run, they're not going to recall you back out in the second run. Realistically, there's not many times where I've seen someone come at second call out in the pre-judging. And the next thing you know, they're in the top five. Like it realistically doesn't happen too often. Um, Next one here was the Missy hurting a knee in her posing routine. Was it? Yeah. Neil? Did you boys see that? Did you actually see it happen? I didn't see I, it. I, yeah. I he told see. me it was the shoulder. Landed, and the next yeah. thing, he told me it was the shoulder and the next thing you know i say broke the knee or something on the uh oh, really? yeah so it wasn't the shoulder at all it was the knee that's hard see, zuckerberg did his acl no i didn't yeah. <laughs> i spent out of pocket but i just thought it just popped into my head yeah well he was actually doing his woman's women's physique routine or women's oh, yeah, fitness I thought routine zuckerberg was, yeah. was very unlucky to not make first call outs but yeah yeah but hey shit happens and now he's out of it but yeah, she was put in pretty much first place according to the scorecards for the pre-judging. And then for that to happen, oh man, that would have been rough. Mm. Man, it comes back to it. Women's fitness in the IFBB. Imagine three weeks out, you feel like most people do at three weeks out and you think, ah, oh, let's go do 30 minutes of gymnastics. Like <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable like how they can do that in that level of, of conditioning. And man, like... I mean, once again, I'm all about positivity and, you know, robustness, resilience, you know, me, D.Y., Wolf's Law and that. Yeah, but, exactly. like, man, doing that sort of stuff at that level of body fat when you are just a fragile human, I'm surprised more of them don't get injured, to be honest, man. Like, that's that's rough stuff. Like, imagine yeah. just like, well, actually, it probably is not too dissimilar from actual gymnastics because, mm. unfortunately, I think there's quite a lot of... um What's the oh, correct yeah. term now? Red S, Jack? It's not their female athlete triad anymore, is it? It's Red S. Yeah, I don't think they they like even saying Reds. They prefer Red S. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think, yeah, it's probably not too dissimilar, but yeah, it's um, it's pretty incredible what they can do. I'm just happy Missy didn't come out as a shark this year. I think that was that was rogue. <laughs> That's right. When she right, did come out. so out of pocket. <laughs> oh, did, man. did a natural competitor come first then? Bro, I'm sorry. What was going on there? Like, I was watching them give out the awards, and this girl who got second, and like, I, I didn't, I don't know anything about like the women's fitness, but she's standing there, and she's literally half the size of the winner, and they're getting ready to like, you know, call out first place. And I'm sorry if this is like my just naivety, but she didn't even look like she belonged on the same stage as these people, like the conditioning and the muscularity was nowhere near what the other girls were. So I don't like, I don't get it. Was it just her routine was really good or what was the go? Yeah. I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> looking her up now on Instagram, but I, um, yeah, that's one to ask the judges. Mm. I guess that mm. comes back down to under the, you know, need to be sitting in the judges, judges panel. Yeah. To, uh, I wasn't there. I yeah. was not there. <laughs> yeah, there, like through you the photos, know. she actually lost half the size, Lawrence. But when you're at that judges table, it's like pretty much like neck and neck, same condition, yeah. size, Triple and the routine. She looked like yeah. Iris Kyle in person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, sorry, she got second place. Yeah, she got second. Yeah. So what? She's natty. Apparently, yeah. Like she was on Natty News Daily. Oh, respect. 
So was I, mate. So, you know, she's not that much of a big deal. (laughs) Did you see I made the YouTube boys, the thumbnail? I did, yeah, that's sick. I'm right on the end, though. I mean, oh, same as I paid Joey, 20 grand. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a very expensive year, mate. If you're in the middle, you would have got cluttered by the logo though so they actually wanted you on the end it was like it's kind of like a winger in the uh the nrl mate you know probably the most important role mate you're completely right to an extent. i mean you're completely right i think they were um they started on the left sort of and ranked based on <laughs> the impressiveness of the shot and they thought all right we'll finish strong yeah Hmm. hopefully they didn't think that we'll put you dead last yeah they had a couple other no names in the photos some eric guy some got kid named dirk um yeah yeah, no one else really important to be honest yeah also have you seen dirk train yes yeah his videos he's just so like very slow like very methodical yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, I um, think he utilizes a lot of uh, not not necessarily isometrics, but holds, right? Holds mm. and just very slow tempo with isometric holds in the bottom position, like loading that kind of stretch position. Uh, obviously, works works in in favor favor of his uh, his physique. <laughs> uh, you know, at the end of the day, but um, it is a very interesting approach to training, right? It's like with with that slow in tempo you you would potentially hinder your ability to to lift heavier loads but i guess if you're still taking these sets within a close proximity of of failure you're probably still inducing the mechanical tension required for hypertrophy so mm. i kind of just think that's it's a joke anything. by the way dirk's very impressive <laughs> he's, he's like very a impressive ban- he's a i think because yeah. i was looking at wmbf results i think when he won the amateur overall he was a bantamweight Mm. he's so, in the low 60s i think or 63 64 something like that that is that's insane man like yeah. that is outrageous isn't it i must even say looking at the improvements that he made from last season which was i think two years ago wasn't it like he's made a lot of improvements like like for a natural like he? the higher end of your like journey i guess like you know to make that many improvements visually uh it's a lot do you know how old he is no, I would uh, guess maybe early 30s. 21, yeah. No. <laughs> Just a bit younger you than you early guys, 30s, man. Jack? I'm a, he comes across as really mature. I'm not sure. Oh, I just think he has a very young look about him. Like, yeah. I thought maybe he'd be still like mid-20s. Mm. I mean, I, I hope I, he's 45 because then it gives me a bit of hope. But <laughs> yeah, wow, okay. Nah, I, I thought he was at the higher end of the 20s but yeah okay yeah. Let's hope so. so i've still got a year or so yeah and then yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it like you know yeah go get a german um passport you'll be fine yeah i'm going over there we'll whatever take it over got. to germany be to you yeah. over there we'll do a training camp whatever they got them bratwurst sausages or something something's looking suspicious up there sauerkraut yeah, oh oh jack yeah. jack i was about to say sauerkraut jack will just be eating straight sauerkraut he'll be like oh how much fiber are we getting in today boys come on <laughs> oh god oh, I'll, I'll mention sauerkraut flour <laughs> i'm sure you can yeah cream yeah, of sauerkraut. yeah. <laughs> cream of sauerkraut. does it come in buckwheat yeah <laughs> um oh, really? what did you think of the bikini though dc before we move on for the Olympia. Yeah, I thought I thought Jen was um very deserving. I thought she looked incredible on stage. And I think it was only really a matter of time before she took the took the title back. Mm. Um 
I think she, the last Olympia she did, her posing was at just the touch off. And I mean, we're still speaking about people who have incredible posing, right? Like to make the Olympia and showcase that kind of physique, your posing has to be flawless or has to be amazing. But of course, there were, I think there was a little bit, a few tweaks that they made. And I think they brought her in a little bit softer to this this particular employer that was sort of feedback that she she got back she was a little bit too hard too too conditioned maybe last year and brought back sort of an original look uh from a previous olympia and obviously that that really played into her favor but i think she was yeah very well deserving i think the overall presentation too like the bikini color looks really good i think it was yeah. just like that touch like that extra one percent from what she had last year and then you know, at that highest level makes a very big difference. Um, mm. But yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I think she was like, you know, definitely my favorite. I must say I was super happy with the actual overall top five though, too. Like Jen, Maureen, Ash K, Laura Lee, and then Issa as well. Like yeah. that, that, that was a very good top five. And I must even say Issa improved a lot from like, you know, what was she last year, you know, sitting outside of the top five. So to then come in with the improvements that she's made, um, you know, especially as a high level athlete already and sitting so well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with the the top five placings. I thought, I thought the judges did a pretty tremendous job across the board, actually, in terms of most, most of the categories with their placings. Yeah. What'd you think though of the, uh, Hattie walking off stage with the second place? Mate, you almost want to give like benefit of the uh, doubt, right? I yeah. Mean, the guy's he's like deaf. partially deaf. Yeah, yeah. He also doesn't speak English. Like, it's hard yeah. to say, you know, I guess just watching the stream, whether he truly stormed off being upset or whether it was more of like a, I'm walking off because I'm no longer on, should be on stage. Because he didn't right? look so, that mad. Yeah. Like he didn't look that upset. He was just kind of like one, two, double deuce, got my silver, catch you later. Like he, he kind of looked off and gave away. So I agree with you, DC. I'm not, I'm not certain that it was out of complete like spite. And from all reports, Hardy Chopin is supposedly a really nice guy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I even saw an interview with him, Hanny and um, Derek the day after, like, you know, I think they were all training together and he seemed completely fine. And they were all, you know, chatting and training together. Like there was no issues at all. So it's one of those things that like, you know, might look really bad on camera, but like when you actually get to know the situation, chances are there probably was nothing behind it. Realistically, that was, mm. For sure. I've got to say, though, I actually had Hattie in front of Derek in terms of uh, my, my thoughts there. I was almost trying to think of it from the perspective of, okay, shot for shot, you know, where is, where, who's winning what shot? And I personally, I had uh, Derek winning all of the rear shots. Obviously, like his glutes were ridiculous and he was peeled from head to toe. Anterior shots, I thought Hardy was more muscular and had just a little bit more sharpness, I think, to his anterior profile. And then I think... What about the ab and thigh, though, DC? Because Lunsford does that thing where he lifts his hands up, hits that semi-vacuum, and, man, the shapes he creates on that. Like, I think that... Because I completely agree, the density, the conditioning, the quads from the front, Hardy's mm. lights out. He's the best in the world right now. But I think that that ab and thigh shot judging by the fact that Keon, you know, the king of shape also got the dub. I feel like that's one of the front shots that maybe Derek did win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I almost like to think of it from the premise that, I, you know, I don't know if the vacuum has as much of a place in bodybuilding as it does in classic. Like not to say it's, it's not a favorable yeah. look, nor but is I think it's, it's assessed it's... upon. 
But but it's just like, the way of example, displaying the abdominals, isn't it? True, like yeah, you can yeah. still see Derek's abdominals. It's just he's choosing to pull his waist in. So I almost think that sometimes like vacuum or no vacuum, like it should just be what shot looks the best. Like for example, I actually messaged Jay Acharya, the head judge for ICN Queensland this year. And I sent him my front double bicep with or without the vacuum. And I said, hey man, like if I hit this vacuum for ICN in opens, will I get marked down? And he said, look, it's probably better not to hit it because it sort of blurs the lines with classic, which I mean, I'm happy to stick by the rules, but I almost don't agree with it because I think it should be just how does the shot look best? Because you're not really like assessing the abdominals in a front double bicep. Um, I don't know. I can see arguments both ways. Mm. But-, but I thought um, I thought Hardy, when he hit his abdominals and thigh, he had the most insane serratus anterior. Oh, like his, it's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely peeled. So, you know, I guess you can look at that and go, okay, well, Derek, you know, yes, he wins on that nice shape of the vacuum in that, in that front profile shot. But then, you know, Hardy takes the serratus. Like he, he, he mm. that looks insane. So when Hardy I, hits that, like hands class, most muscular as well, like the detail through the chest. Oh my days! Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I even thought enough. in the side tricep, Derek uh, wasn't really controlling his abs quite as much as uh, as Hardy was. So yeah, I mean, look again. It comes down to like I wasn't there, and um, we can all have our own opinions but i guess you know the judge at the end of the day are the ones that that decide who fits the criteria the best and who looks the best the only thing was with that front shot like the front vacuum that you're mentioning there lawrence and even with the front double by you can quite obviously see like sight enhancement from the front shot underneath the lat like visually something doesn't look right there in terms of a sight enhancement. Like if you actually see his, like his near underarm where his lat connects, you can see that he's kind of used something there, which looks like an oil base or like a sight enhancement. So that was one thing with that front shot, even though he looks extremely impressive on it. When you look at photos, once you see it, you realistically can't look back at it. Like, that was something mm, I don't I know. I didn't if even might notice. Have... My eye is probably not good enough for that stuff. Ha- have a look at his front. You seem to know play. a lot about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I must have obviously watched the Olympia. You must have been sitting there with your fucking eyes backwards. But um, yeah, if you w- look at it right there and you'll see it under his front double by and his stomach vacuum that you can quite obviously that see that there's something there. I don't know what it might be, but it looks a little bit abnormal. Um, yeah, so I, I can know. see what you mean, actually. Like mm. a, uh, a cheeky little bump. Yeah. yeah, but it's on both sides. So it's almost like he's used a side enhancement to like maybe make his lats pop from that front shot a little bit more. And you can see that like somewhat swelling effect. So I don't know, yeah. but I think from the to... back back shot, Derek, like man, um, he made so much improvements. Like even how sharp he was. To be honest, I reckon last season it was the opposite in terms of like the back shot in terms of like the glute conditioning. I think Derek nearly had had his glute glute conditioning, and then this time it's almost swapped around because Derek mm. was miles sharper from the back. I remember seeing his glute to me like. Hattie's kind of got him. And now when you look at Derek's glutes, like Derek's were more chiseled than Hattie's this time, which was like very impressive. You'll have to forgive me, DY. I've um I've lost vision in my left eye. I'm that deep in prep. That happens yeah. to you guys as well. Hey, like eventually you just start to go blind. I don't have it now. So <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. But um, the, yeah, oh, look, I feel like, I, I wonder if you guys would agree as well. Like I put it on my story, like the, the rear lat spread between um Derek and Hardy and I feel like that is the shot where if someone asks what's the difference between natty and enhanced bodybuilding you show them a rear lat spread from the open class and then you go oh okay 
that's the difference because like it just it still blows my mind when I see the real lat spreads on these guys like the amount of muscle just on their backs is absolutely absurd and it's not just like the top guys like all of them are just enormous I think also the density in the legs, like, you know, when you have a natty that does a real at spread, you've got a lot of gap in between like the legs, like the adductor, the outer quad, even and stuff like that. When you have like an enhanced athlete, like at that caliber, it's just, it's fucking full. There's, there's no gap nearly. And even like through the whole back as well, like the mid back, the upper back, like it is just like, yeah. Basically hitting the splits and the adductors are still touching. Yeah, exactly. Quite (laughs) literally. So who who are we taking in a um in a in a pose down? Hardy Chopin or, or Hardy Boydell? Who's winning that? Oof. That's a tough one. It is tough. Maybe you'll see it in the future. Maybe. Or yeah. we'll get the Hardy that the Mr. Olympia tagged, which was just like some dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just picturing this guy oh, opening up. Oh, his bro, Instagram. what are you doing? Man's <laughs> Instagram is just like opening up his up. Instagram. For any of the, I guess for, for the listeners that maybe don't understand that that uh, that joke there, the 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 Olympia Instagram page posted a photo of uh, of Hardy and then tagged uh, a person named Hardy, which wasn't Hardy, uh, uh, nice Asian fellow, and he would have yeah, people were clicking the link and just going like, why are you tagging this guy? It's just a random 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 guy. So hopefully they fix fix that up. It's got like thousands and millions of of people just clicking. This uh, this person's profile out of the blue. I clicked on it, and I, every time I refreshed it and rechecked it, this guy was just gaining thousands of followers. So he'd be sitting there absolutely loving this shit. He'd be like, <laughs> "Imagine just waking up and just two hundred and fifty thousand people have liked this photo that you were tagged in, and you're like, what the fuck is this?'" And then you click on it, and your followers are up like ten, fifteen thousand overnight. I'm gonna change my name kilos. to like C bum with two C's and see if I can. See if I can Snag sneak some in. extra followers, eh? Yeah. yeah. Then once you cop it, then swap it back. Straight back, maybe. Yeah. Um, another show that was on the weekend, I don't know if you guys followed it too much, was the WBFF. Do you guys have anyone competing, friends? No? Nah. Shout out to Sam Wicks. She got her pro card. Sam's a friend of mine. She's been on my podcast a couple of times. So, yeah, big shout out to Sam. She's a extremely hard worker and an extremely nice human being. So, I was, I was very happy to see her get the W. She's been chasing that card. So, yeah, big shout out to Sam. I actually ran into her that week, like, I think one or two days before she was actually going on stage. So, yeah, and she was looking tremendous. So, it was good to see her get rewarded. And this may be a little bit of a like a controversial topic at this point in time, but it looks like there's a bit of a rebranding going on at this point mm-hmm. in time. Is that correct? Yes, that would be correct. But I don't. More or less, I think they just split ways from the WBFF completely, and then yeah, because of obviously the big issues that had happened over in America, and yeah, they saw that marketability is no longer in the criteria. Mm. Mm. Be- believe it's seventy percent physique. And then 30% pretty much like everything else, which is good. Because like, I don't think you should realistically be judged on like your Instagram Everything following. else. Damn, that's tough. Intelligence, yeah. ability to cook. Yeah, yeah. Change yeah. a car Meal. tire. Like, man, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How how creamy your like cream of rice is. Or yeah. How water your, it is. your credit score. Yeah. yeah. That damn. gets cracked out too. Can't, yeah, well, can't have someone sitting up there with bankruptcy in their name, you know? <laughs> how'd you go by the way dc with your cream of rice it was good mate yeah it was good it was an enjoyable did you have any clients yeah. help you with the recipe no <laughs> i reached out to the Smart. uh the, BD, the bdu chat 
to uh to say hey boys what's the optimal ratio of water to cream to cor and uh it's like it's it's got to be that you know for every 100 grams what is it four to four to five four to five mil yeah right yeah. take note boys and girls optimal mm-hmm. Uh, cream of I think Thorburn were looking more like 12 to 13 mil. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it so only we... takes 40 minutes in the microwave to prepare. So as you didn't mind it as like a first taste though, DC? Yeah, no, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, actually consuming it pre-training most days now. Mm. It's good. Very simple yeah. way of getting some carbs. Bit of salt, I... mate. Bit of salt. Yeah, right. Yeah, you got to salt it. Mm. A lot of people, whenever I like give them like the cream of rice recipe or something like that, the first time they always find it so off-putting because it's got like a very weird texture. Like, I guess if you're not used to having something like that or oats for breakfast, you're like, it's kind of like a like somewhat like like baby food texture almost. It's like, mm. huh. well, as I'm as I'm like whisking it up with my fork, <laughs> I'm like, it just looks like I'm about to eat mashed potatoes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta Invest go in a whisk, little mini, mini whisk, and yeah, you'll yeah, be sorted, man. Taste out the clumps. I'll be taking my own whisk to America. I'm not even joking. I just Mm. don't trust these Airbnbs, mate. Because you know what happens? You pull up and you've got one of those whisks that are like coated with the silicon Mm. and that just like flail about. Absolute garbage. Just give me a good old-fashioned stainless steel whisk. You know, Mm. that's all I need. All right, let's get on the juice, though, before we run out of time here. Lawrence, like, we're going to hear the flight details, the WMBF. Well, what's the go? Well, you said that you got the info. Give us the inside scoop. So you're going to be wrapping me in compression bandages um, mm-hmm. to the point where I can breathe, but only just. Mm. Um, I was thinking yes. about wrapping you up in like a, like, what is it? Like the glad wrap, almost having yeah, you like perfect. a big, like what, what, how much you weigh now? 80 kilos, 80 kilo uh, block. I'm of growing cocaine. into the show. And I'm, going to sh- I'm 90, yeah, 90, 90 kilo block of Coke. I'm going to have you fucking glad wrapped up. You know, a little alfoil on top, make it look real suspicious. And a gastric go. tube as well. So you stay hydrated. 100%. I'll get Gemma to insert that for me and plug in the numbers before I head off. Yeah, that'll be perfect. No, in all seriousness, mate, Joey has sent through the, the flight plan. So basically, I guess the main thing you're trying to work around is the ambiguity of like, when does your day start and when does your day end so that you're not trying to plan your macros around a Tuesday, you're planning it around like a set time period. So the start of the week on the Monday, it'll just be normal day macros as per my peak week plan. I'm not entirely sure what they're going to be, but I guess they're going to probably just be normal rest day macros because that's what we've done for the Monday peak week the whole time. The Tuesday, Joey's instructed me to have a meal between 6 and 7 a.m. And I think that meal is like 70 protein, 85 carb, and I think like 19 fat, which I thought was very specific, but I'll go with it. And then from there, he said, don't eat anything until you board the plane. Flight leaves at 10.45. And at the point that the flight heads off, I'm to set a timer. And then the timer is basically how I will spread the meals out over the flight. So at one hour in, we're going to have a meal. At four hours in, we're going to have a meal and then at seven hours in, we're going to have a meal. And then after that seven hour in meal, the plan will be then to load up on that tonin, baby, and then get to sleep, hopefully within uh, DY's large arms. That's the plan. Um, but the meals that we're having on the plane are basically just like the same calories for all three. So I think it's 60 protein, 55 carb, 
and I think like 12 fat, something like that. Um, so overall, like not a crazy low day, not a crazy high day, just sort of like somewhere in between, like fairly moderate, all things considered. Um, and, and that's then, not including the um, plain food, right? Joey's factored oh, that in. I assume not. Only the desserts though. I think yeah. I think the start is like, what is it? A red velvet cookie. Next one yeah. after is like a lemon cheesecake. Bit of an interesting choice, but we'll run with it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he wrote on the bottom of the plan as many bags of peanuts as you want because, you know, it's fats, mate. It's, it's and, just the, and the sodium, as... need that sodium, of course. Yeah. So then, but then basically once we get through that third meal, get a bit of sleep, um, by the time we land in Canada, there'll be a short layover and then it will be the new day at which I will then have like macros for that day as per usual. Um, which I'm assuming is probably going to be another similar day, like rest day calories. And then on Wednesday, that's probably, if we go with what we've been doing for all of the peak weeks, that was where we will start the mid load um, and start to to fill up for the show on the weekend. So yeah, it's not as complicated as I thought it would be. It's, it's fairly straightforward. Um, and as far as food choices, I was sort of thinking to myself, like I still want something that's going to be relatively satiating, obviously, but I also don't really want to have to keep anything cold um, or like have anything sitting that's going to go gross. So I'm going to go, you know, pretty basic. I'm just going to bring on probably like some some bags of carrots with each meal just so I can at least have a bit of fiber and something slightly more satiating, still get in some veg for the day, um, some rice cakes. And then probably what I thought was the best option because I don't really want to bring on any meat or tuna or like chicken because then by the time I get seven hours in the chicken's getting gross so I thought but I also don't want to take whey protein on because then I'm just slamming a shake and that's not going to be very satiating so I'm going to get hold of just like some casein custard powder because that'll be easy I can keep it in a Tupperware I can just mix it up with my water whilst I'm on the flight so I'll probably just go like casein protein rice cakes and carrots with each meal obviously consumed all together Mm. so you'll dice all the carrots up chuck them in yeah I'll be julienning the carrot on my little tray table. Um, so I'll have to get all the fine, intricate cutting down before we have to stow the tray tables for landing. But you know me, mate. I'm like a Michelin star chef. I'm just going to be in there smashing it. They'll let me bring a knife on, hey? Shouldn't be any yeah. issues as long as it's over <laughs> 10 inches. As long as it's over 10 inches. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'll be fine. I'll bring my sword. Don't worry, mate. We're set. I'll sharpen it up for you. <laughs> Sounds like a poor man's carrot cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mate, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> the cheesecake, but just you know, I'm not at like, that level. Yeah, no. I'm, so I'm with? trying to. Is it Qantas Air Canada? Air Canada. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah, who we so... flew with. So yeah, it should be good, man. It sounds like that flight from like Brisbane to Vancouver is like the standard one. Like it runs yeah. every day type thing. Six, yeah. 16 a and a half hours, I think the flight is too. Yeah. yeah I actually, I think it works out quite quickly because at that seven hour in mark, at Br- like Brisbane time, it'll be like nearly eight o'clock, which for me at the moment, I'm starting to get tired then anyway. So I actually think it will work out really well to then try get a bit of sleep at that point. And then we've got, you know, maybe get in like five hours of sleep, wake up on the Tuesday in Canada. And then it's just going to be a dog fight to stay up until probably like nine, nine 30, um, which we'll be able to do DY because we'll be getting ready to record 
the Seattle edition of Bodybuilding Down Under. So we're serious about it, guys. Like, yeah. We're going to get an episode. So me and DY will be across the pond and the other boys will be back here. But you will get one America edition of the BDU podcast. Because mm. what time we fly? 10. I think I'd roughly did the math. I think at about four Brisbane time, I think is around about like nine, 10 o'clock Seattle time. So if you were to go to sleep like around like four or five, what would be Brisbane time? Maybe I might have got the math wrong. Maybe you'll got the math wrong. Definitely. Nah, I've got it right. Uh, all right. Because then- seven hours in would be seven, four. No, oh, I would be like 5.45. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, I've got that right. Uh, yeah, man. So Either- if you want math classes in that university degree, like you can come to me. Yeah. What What, what was it, bruv? Math A? No, nah, we were on that math B. Don't yeah. come to me with that. <laughs> come on, man. Prevoc, get off on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, well, mate, it, it won't matter. Time I, I zones think, won't I matter once I'm yeah. taking down seven grams of melatonin and I'm out for the count. Just make sure you check my pulse every 30 minutes, all right? <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> You're like, his, the, aura ring, the, <laughs> yeah. the aura ring readiness is going to be off the charts. Mm. <laughs> that thing is uh, flashing red. Yeah, yeah. They're like, wake him up. No, I haven't taken any, Jack. I've actually never had melatonin before. Wow. Um, I'm, I, I, ha- I use like a sleep formula, um, which I like, BPM Labs, um, code general at checkout, power subs. Um, But I'm actually, yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. Mm. Uh, that would be sweet. What about training on that Tuesday when we land in? Are we training? What's the go? Yeah, I think we'll we'll get an upper session in there. I have mm. heard from like a few people that that's another good way to kind of align yourself with the new time zone is to like expend some energy. Um, I know Eric Helms is big on that. Like whenever he travels, the first thing he does when he gets there is like get a session in. So yeah, we'll try scope out Seattle's finest gymnasium. And um, I think I'll probably be training like upper that day. Still like a relatively decent intensity session like nothing balls to the wall but decent enough and then if we go via previous peak weeks i probably won't train the wednesday and then we'll be into like the pumpy sessions for the back end of the week so yeah very nice i also find like the workouts like pretty much right after landing also help with some of that maybe fluid retention that you might get from the flight itself um i've Mm. noticed it does help so yeah i think that's definitely the good plan it's weird, man. Every time I fly, I don't know. I never take the compression socks and tights, though, because obviously I haven't had to fly for competing. But you definitely do notice that water retention, like for me, especially like within the ankles. Yeah, mm. walking around yeah, with like, fat cakes. Oh man, I haven't like I haven't done like my last international flight was to Queenstown, which is you know it's it's further to go to Perth. So like I haven't done a long haul flight since mm. two thousand and seventeen, and I. I mean, yes, I was bodybuilding then, but like I didn't really take notice of any of these things because I was just going on a holiday. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, hopefully, like the the plane passengers are okay with me doing a few rounds of posing on the flight, things like that. <laughs> yeah. Find the, find the perfect lighting right in the hallway, like under one of those down lights yeah. in the toilet. Like I'll crack out the ring light. We'll sit there. Mm. Just We can see where those carbs are going, where they're floating, <laughs> like... I just, I, boys, I called you uh, halfway through on like the Instagram at man. I I think he's, he's got another half. He's got another half a rice cake to go in that delt. Like I can see it, 
and then I'll be we're, sitting there. We'll watch it for the hour. Like, you know, we'll see how the altitude also impacts the carbohydrate loading because, you know, we might need another half a rice cake for the <laughs> other delt, depending on where the carbs flow. Uh, I'm like, I'm like slamming my fist on the, the cat, the <laughs> cockpit. Mate, get us to a lower altitude. <laughs> I'm missing this peak. But I was going to say like- We're over the 10,000 feet. Get us down. <laughs> we need to be at eight. I'm just picturing the uh, the air cabin crew over the speakers calling calling out your quarter turns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like the air marshals got DY on the floor. He's like, you can't go through there, sir. <laughs> but me and um me and DY, like the whole time leading up, we've been sending each other like, you know, like there'll be photos of like Matt Jansen and it's like black and white and all shadowy, and he's like looking at his athlete. Like me and DY are just gonna be taking pictures like that all every week day. Long. Yeah, and then after every meal, we're going to be seeing where the carbohydrates flow. Yeah, mm. you got to be getting those like real dramatic shots of like just me there in a tracksuit with a Tupperware like at the kitchen table. Yeah, all blacked Things out, like faces yeah. like sunk in, real. Yeah, sorry, yeah. man. We're we're making this. <laughs> we're making the most of it. It's almost have like we're going to the Olympia. Have you booked the videographer for Seattle? Come on, let's go. Let's yeah, put that on the BDU card. What do you mean, dude? I've got like the whole seven news coming with me. We're going to get those big fuck off cameras and we're going to be sitting there got, in the airplane. We've got Calvin fresh off the uh, filming for Steve <laughs> yeah. at the Olympia. Where's yeah. Calvin at? Come on. Yeah, he's primed. He's ready to go. Yeah. All right. That's pretty much smack on the hour. Well, there we go. Next episode, me and Lawrence are going to be in Seattle coming, coming at you from the US. Come uh, on, baby. As We're these taking two boys it global. Hold it down. Yeah, as these two boys hold it down. So, well, the next episode will be over there and these boys will be over here. We'll catch you then. Uh, thanks for another episode.